Hey guys, you're listening to Totally Stoked Podcast with Amelia Travis, yoga teacher and wild child turned multi-six-figure business coach, writer, speaker, and spiritual warrior. Totally Stoked is an experiment in radical honesty. On this show, there's only two rules, show up and tell the truth. Each week, we share uncensored, truth-telling, shame-busting conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and modern-day mystics revealing their rise to thrive stories, current challenges, and sharing their most powerful tools for awakening, growth, and well-being. This is your place to let down your guard, open your heart, and remember that being human is a crazy, wild ride, but you don't have to do it alone. So buckle up, baby, because we're heading full speed ahead to radical self-love and a totally stoked life. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. I'm super excited to sit down with my guest today because every time I encounter her, whether it's online or in real life, she is just a rainbow of color that illuminates possibility in my life and activates my own creative inspiration. My guest today is a makeup artist turned personal brand host and host of the Brunch with the Universe podcast. She's an expert in helping entrepreneurs create a unique style that aligns with them so that they can feel more confident in their brand and in their lives. To me, I call her a walking rainbow who helps entrepreneurs get clear on their their identity, curate content that feels good, shatter mindset blocks, and discover their most most authentic selves. This woman has over a decade of experience as a multi-passionate creative, and she has the brightest personal brand I've ever seen. Welcome to the show, Ashley Spidali. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yay. Uh, um, so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. So you you are somebody who I fell in love with and like through the digital space, through Instagram, and you didn't even know me, but I fell in love with you because I went to your page and I saw color. Like it was like a color explosion. Um, and as an artist and as a multi-passionate creative also, like I looked at your branding and was like, I want to know this girl. Um, and I think that's such a powerful testimony for what you do and how you serve, because that's kind of what your primary offering rests on is this idea that how we're showing up in the world and how we curate our personal brand is an invitation to the right people who are supposed to connect with us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Where did the rainbow come from? And you guys, listen, just go follow her right now on Instagram at Ashley Spidale. It's S-P-E-D-A-L-E. Go find her and you're going (laughs) to see exactly what I'm talking about. But how did the rainbows, how did this, this vividly colorful personal brand come into being? You know, I think it, it, it's happened over the course of my life. And if I really can think far back enough When I was a child in my bedroom, there was a rainbow over my bed in in my bedroom. And I only actually remembered that six months ago. (laughs) I called my mom up and I said, wait a minute, I need to know this. Was there a rainbow over my crib? And she was like, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, it all makes sense now. <laughs> it was being programmed into your subconscious from a very young age. Yeah. She even told me that my sheets had rainbows on them. So I had no idea. I don't remember. I didn't remember. I just like had this vision recently and I've just always been attracted to, to rainbows and um, color being, being an artist, a creative for basically my entire life. I just love color. So that's kind of how it just evolved into my brand. If you guys haven't seen her yet, I'm sitting here looking at her right now over the Zoom and she's got this shocking pink hair that just like literally cheers me up by looking at it. Maybe that's why you did that. Was it so you could be happier every time you looked in the mirror? (laughs) (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody always asks, why did you dye your hair pink? And, And where did that come from? And I was brunette most of my life until I was 31 and I had never really dyed it or touched it at all. And I had gone to Rome and while I was in Rome, I had this intuitive download, dye your hair pink. 
And I was terrified, <laughs> like literally terrified. I was like, am I really going to dye my entire head pink? This is crazy. But, you know, and it kept getting louder and louder. Do it, do it, do it. So like a month and a half later, I dyed my, my hair pink. And it was literally the best decision I ever made. And I didn't know what was going to come out of it, right? I just had this this intuitive download, Dire Hair Pink, and it was one of the best branding choices I could have ever, ever made. Um, but I definitely didn't know that that's what I was creating at the time. How long ago was that? It's almost three years ago. Yeah. So now it's become like a, like an intrinsic part of your brand. Absolutely. Do you feel stuck in the pink hair now, or do you feel like you are free to change it and it would be okay? Mm, nobody's ever asked that question. I People ask a lot, will you do another color? And I never say never. However, I don't really feel like I, I don't have the urge to do another color. There are moments where I think about, oh, what would life be like if my hair was still brown? <laughs> if I'm having like one of those ego days, you know, but for the most part, this feels like me. It just feels good. It feels natural. So I think that's really interesting because it's a seemingly totally random intuitive download that doesn't maybe on the surface have every, anything to do with business, but you said that it had everything to do with you creating more brand success. What does your hair have to do with your brand being successful? You know, I really feel as though I was always like bright and fun and you could ask friends growing up, like, I was on the wings of stage one time when we were performing in a play and the girls were going around, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? And I said, yellow. And they were like, yellow, why? And I said, because it's a happy color. So um, I kind of have always been associated with bright colors and sparkles and glitters and unicorns even before my hair was pink. So when I did this, I didn't actually know how powerful it was going to be because it just amplified who I actually am, like visually amplified because it's, it's risky, it's vibrant, it's stand out, it's people are going to notice you when you walk down the street mm -hmm. and you cannot hide when you do this. And when I did it, I didn't think about that. I'm from New York and I really just walked around with these huge sunglasses on like, don't talk to me. I don't have time for this. Da, 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 da. And that was how I lived my life. And then when I did this, more and more people actually wanted to stop and talk to me and have a conversation. And then I started to realize, huh, people really just want connection and being in a state like New York, being in the suburbs, suburbs of New York City, people a lot of the time are angry. They don't have time to speak. They don't have time to stop and talk. And what I recognized was I was starting to build connections with people. And then that started to transfer online because all of a sudden I, I was doing Instagram and I was taking photos and I was blogging and I was trying to make YouTube videos and creating content all the time. And when I had brown hair, it was, it was there, but something happened where it was almost like I gained like a higher version of myself. I became more powerful because I think I felt more confident in me mm -hmm. by just having pink hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason I think I wanted to dig into that a little bit is, is what you touched on that it's amplifying something about yourself that's different or maybe even weird or maybe risky or maybe polarizing or attention grabbing. And a lot of times I think, especially with women, there's a tendency to want to anything that makes us stand out or makes us different, like kind of temper that or hide it or cover it up. Mm -hmm. And what many of the really successful people that I know would say, it just goes in the opposite direction from from hiding it, but like playing it up. Like, what is it that makes you different? What is it that makes you stand out? What is the thing that you've maybe felt like you needed to like rein in? Like, let's, let's blow that up. Let's, let's make it bigger. Um, and I think that is what I see you doing so clearly in the digital space and also like what you're helping people do. Um, so one of the things that I know is that m for the most part, people don't come into this experience of being really confident in their 
authentic selves without some kind of adversity or some kind of um, background where they were people pleasing, where they were making themselves small, where they were holding back their full authentic selves in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Is that your story? Like what, what was your life like um, before the pink hair and before you, you said you lived in New York. Can you take us back and give us a little bit of background about yourself, your upbringing, and maybe anything that uh, predated this bold and confident version of yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I'll take it back to just high school, I guess. I had friends, but I was never in a popular group. I kind of always felt like I didn't quite fit in, Um, but I loved to perform on stage. It was like an an escape. So singing, acting, dancing, like anything in that that realm, I just loved to do. Yeah. I grew up doing the morning announcements from fifth grade on over the loudspeaker. Um, I just, I kind of just knew at a young age that I wanted to be speaking. So I have been doing that for years. And then I went into, I graduated early because I hated college. I mean, sorry, I also hated college, but I hated high school. And then I went into college (laughs) early and then I graduated college in three years also because I just wanted to get out and I just didn't want to do school anymore. And I just felt like I had to do school because my parents were like, you should really get a degree and da 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 da. And I did. And it was in radio, TV, broadcast, t- um, film. And then I worked in that for a minute. And then from there, I went and I decided I was going to be a makeup artist. So for the last 15 years, I've done makeup um, professionally on I've done Broadway, New York Fashion Week, print, film, like all the things, weddings, all of them. And I loved it because it gave me this creative outfit outlet and it allowed me to um, help people, like really help people and, and make them feel good. And that's really one thing as a, as a child that I always loved to help people. If somebody was being bullied, I was the person who stood up and like, said to the person who was bullying the other kid, like, hey, why are you doing that? Calm down. Like, just leave them alone. Um, so that kind of is like the background. I also had a cupcake business in my early 20s to mid 20s. <laughs> um, so what I'm hearing is like growing up, you were always, you were always ready to be seen and heard, like you were doing the announcements, you were doing musical theater, you were performing, you chose to study broadcast journalism, which, you know, I mean, there's other aspects of it besides being the one in front of the camera, but Mm -hmm. it sounds like you've always been there. But then you went into the career of makeup artistry where you weren't necessarily usually the one in Mm. front of the camera, but you were kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Did that feel restrictive for you? I mean, it sounded like you would, you were playing up another aspect of your gifting, which is like serving people and helping people. But during that period, was there part of you that was like, I want to be the one in front of the camera? Like, a- Absolutely. My mom always used to say to me, um, you know, you could get, you could get in through the back door, get in through the back door. You, if you're in production or you're doing makeup, like talk to people, you could get in the back door. And I, I like made so many great connections, but it was never really like what was in alignment for what I actually wanted, um, which was to be like, I actually wanted to be a VJ on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be hosting and that's not, there were fears that came up that maybe I wasn't good enough or I don't know how I'm going to do this. Do I want it bad enough? So I kind of like stepped back out of the light to make other people shine. So I dimmed myself a bit. And, um, throughout the course of my twenties, I like dated different guys. And there was one guy in particular that I dated who I thought I was going to marry, who ended up cheating on me. And then from there on out, all I really wanted was to be loved. So my mom always used to say, like, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Which is a RuPaul quote. And she'd be like, you don't love yourself. And I would say to her, I love myself. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And I didn't really recognize that I didn't actually love myself until I got into a seriously emotionally abusive relationship. And I struggled with anxiety throughout most of my life and in my early 20s took um, medications for it. And in 2012, I had decided like, I'm done. This is making me feel like a shell of a human being. And I weaned myself off. And that first year and a half was really rough. 
really, really rough. And I did, like, I just wanted love. I just wanted, my friends were getting married. They were having babies. And I was like 26, 27 at this time. And that's, I just thought like, okay, these are, this is what everybody else is doing. I'm behind, I'm behind. And um, I found myself in a relationship with this guy. And at first I didn't want to date him because my intuition was like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Then he like shape-shifted into this person that was like so, or appeared to be so loving and so caring. And like, that made me go, oh, he like really likes me. He really wants to date me. Let me try and give, give it a try. And here I am, I've, I'm in this month long relationship. And all of a sudden I start to see different things with this guy. And um, I start to get scared. So six weeks in, I was doing a gig with some friends. At the time, I was burlesque dancing, actually, and I had gotten into the New Orleans Burlesque Festival with a friend, and we were set to go and travel and do this. And because I was dating this guy, he freaked out and was like, you can't do that. Like, you're basically a whore. You're, you're on stage, like, with your tits out and, like, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, like, well, not a stripper. I'm, this is art. It's like being a showgirl, and it was like an expressive outlet for me with, with one of my friends. And I was like, how cool, like, to say, like, hey, I was in a burlesque festival, mm-hmm. you know? And he just made it seem like I was, like, this disgusting, horrible human being. And that was, like, the first time of that. And then it progressively got worse and worse, where he would just be like, you're so weird. You have this bright pink couch. You need to get this out of your apartment. And it was my apartment, but he was basically like living there. Mm -hmm. And I started to recognize that he was like so emotionally abusive to me that I was so afraid because he would start to blame things on me as if he was going to kill himself because of me and would take knives, nooses, guns to like in front of me to to express that he was going to hurt himself because of me and blame it on me. And at the time because I'm so empathetic, I really was like, I didn't know any better. I was like, oh my God, if this guy kills himself, like what, what am I going to do? Like, I need to protect him and make sure that he's like, but he needs to get help. So in the process of trying to get him help, I was trying to get myself help, but I had become so terrified that I started, he basically brainwashed me at that point in my life where I just, everything that he said, I was so afraid that it was going to happen that I couldn't turn to people around in my life. And the people that I did were so afraid of what was actually going on that they didn't know how to help me, that they removed themselves. It was a very scary time. And I was waitressing um, these underground poker games. And I had already not, I hadn't felt very good about that situation to begin with. And he was like, you, you can't do that anymore. You can't be around these guys anymore. You can't do it. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, makeup is slow right now. Like we're stepping into winter. How am I going to make money? And I hadn't worked a regular job in forever. I had always been freelance. So I got a job at Starbucks, which was like basically nothing. And then I couldn't pay my rent and I got evicted from my apartment. I should also say though, it was a slumlord and there was mold growing in my apartment. And that was honestly the reason why I didn't pay my rent for a month because I was like, you need to fix this because this is not okay. And they then decided to take me to court for that, which is not very cool. Um, But anyway, this was like the rock bottom of all rock bottoms, right? Here I am like terrified. My family's not helping me. My friends are not helping me. I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. I'm begging my parents for support. I'm like, hey, this is a very bad situation. This guy had already hurt my dog, Zeus. If you guys just are starting to follow me, you'll see him all over my feed. If you know who I am, you see him all the time in my Instagram stories. This guy almost killed my dog. And my mom was like, you know, it'll be okay. Just move in with him. I was like, it's not going to be okay. Like I might die. Mm-hmm. I don't think you understand. I might die. So I did move in with him. It was like a week. And then finally my, I like begged my parents and, the, and a couple of friends and they came and they helped. And they, like, I was kind of homeless for two weeks until I found a new space and got support from some people in my life. But that was the lowest of low <laughs> that I've ever been in my life. To hear that juxtaposed 
with where you are now and how your brand presentation is now and people see this really empowered and confident and um you know sovereign being this woman who just like i mean your very presence is is really powerful and and beyond that i would say like when i first met you in person you have an energy that is like a command presence like you you may not necessarily be like like the loudest person verbally, but you have a very, a very commanding presence about you. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm in like the company of someone who I, who I respect and I don't even know her, you know what I mean? And so I think that's really interesting because when we hear about psychological manipulation and we hear about emotional abuse, like you can be a strong ass woman and be being abused. It happens all the time. Like oh, it, yeah. it happened to me. It happened to you. It happened to a lot of the, the bravest, strongest, smartest women I know. And, and so if you're hearing yourself in this story, whether you're in it now or you're seeing the red flags or whether you're coming out on the other side of it, like, what would you say, Ashley, to the women who are maybe still closer to that experience and because of it feel like they fucked everything up and now like, you know, who are they to do something great or who are they to pursue their business or who are they to move to California or whatever? Like, you know, you just shared with us the rock bottom and obviously like if you go and yeah, look at your Instagram now or look at your website now, you'll see a really different version but you're the same woman so like yeah. how how would you encourage people who maybe are still in that period or um or like struggling kind of just on the other side of it maybe they've just left someone or broken up some, with someone who's really toxic and they're just really struggling to even find their own footing in their own identity like how what would you say to them i would say i would say look within yourself and and ask yourself, do I really love me? And start to explore what loving yourself looks like. Because as I had said before, I didn't recognize that I didn't love myself, but because I, I allowed that situation to happen, I allowed it. And, and when you take responsibility for that and understand that like you're not putting blame and you're not playing the victim in your situation and you just, you, you own it and you're like, okay, this happened. I'm really grateful that this happened to me. And now I can take this and I can move forward with my life and, and use it as a, as a power, like fuel to like move forward. Because really, I mean, like when I was in that space, I just knew I was like, oh, like shit's really bad right now, but there's gotta be more. I see other people like living a really great life. I don't know how they did it, but I was determined that I was going to have a really good, good life and that I was going to go to the do the things that I want to do. I was not going to allow anybody to tell me that I couldn't be me any longer, that it was weird to be me. Nobody should tell you that. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's telling you that, like, just know, number one, you're not weird. It's not you. It's their projection of you. And they have some stuff that's going on within themselves that they get to figure out. Mm -hmm. And once you can understand that, you can kind of like step through and start to heal yourself. So that's. I'm hearing you say, yeah. like, for like, check in. Like, is this actually about me or is this about them? Mm -hmm. And start to create some recognition around that. And then you said, like, love yourself. For, for people who are in self hatred or self loathing or, or, you know, are, are starting their personal development journey and they keep hearing this message of like, love yourself. And they're like, Ashley, I like legit don't know how, like, how do yeah. I start doing that? Like, yeah. and you know, it sounds like you, you, you always maybe had confidence, but like, you also had a lot of compassion and a level of caring about other people that led to you not caring enough about yourself. So it doesn't really sound like for you, it was necessarily coming from a place of like self-hatred or self-loathing, but like, did you ever struggle with, you said, you know, you realized that you were struggling with self-love. And when you started to be able to activate that, 
was, were there any tangible practices or things that you could share, even as simple mm-hmm. as like, you know, just looking in the mirror and like finding one thing to like about yourself or yeah. is there anything that was actually helpful for you? Absolutely. Um, I can vividly remember like what I actually started to do. I just started to do research on how do I feel happy? Um, and like good because I felt really crappy. Like I, I, I feel as though what, what you just described is, is me. Like I definitely, there's always been like a kind of confidence, like knowing that, um, like who I am, but also when you're beaten down so hard by somebody that you think that you love or you love, or they love you, they love you, quote unquote, um, it really does do a number on your mind because your mind is super powerful. So what I started to explore was, okay, what do, what do people who are really happy do? Like, what are their practices? What do they do? Like, I will literally try anything. I'll try anything Mm -hmm. to feel, feel good and, and happy right now. So what does that look like? How do I figure out what those things are? So I stumbled upon Gabrielle Bernstein and I read Spirit Junkie. And then I started to understand um, what an empath is. And um, I didn't understand in my 20s. And for I'll give you guys a, a brief definition if you're not familiar with what an empath is. Um, it means you're empathetic, but you also feel other people's energies. And when I would walk into a bar, which is not my favorite situation, Um, I would maybe be feeling really good. And then I got in and I was around friends and all of a sudden I would feel sick or I wouldn't feel good or I'd feel like anger. And I'd be like, why do I feel like this? And I couldn't understand it. And then when I started to understand what it really was, I started to understand that it wasn't me. It wasn't my emotions and my feelings. I was just feeling what other people were feeling in a group setting. So that was super powerful for me also because of being aware of like, what is my feeling and emotion compared to like, who else I'm around. So if there's people that drain your energy, which are energy vampires, it's important for you to really be aware of that because that can affect you negatively in your mental space. You know, they, uh, they, I always went, when I say they, I'm like, I don't know who those people are, but the saying you are the sum of the, the five people you surround yourself with the most is, is very true. So you want to surround yourself with people who have the life that you, you want to have. And I think I didn't understand that. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, well, how, how do I even do that? Um, and it took some time for me to navigate like, like that. But in first, at, at first, I think one of the greatest things I did was read. I would look in the mirror and I would say affirmations to myself. I would say, I am enough. I love me. I love you. I love you. And I would repetitively look at myself in the mirror and I would cry because I was just like, I don't believe what I'm saying right now. But if you're consistent with it, you, you will start to believe it. I also did the five minute journal, which was super supportive gratitude. And all of a sudden little tiny miracles started to happen because I started to shift my vibration and my energy to deciding to be in a better space and just shifting my mindset to really believe that I can be in this moment right now and be grateful for everything that I have and and be happy there. And also I had read somewhere and this still holds true now, even today and everything that I do is if you are not where you want to be right now and, and you don't know how to be there, you might have heard, you may have heard, or maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. It's, it's a phrase that's be, be it right now. Just decide and be that person that you want to be right now. Because if you're waiting to be that person, you're never going to get there. You just have to decide that you're going to be that person right now. And for some of you, you might not understand that, but it's, it's a feeling. It's, a, it's an emotion. So if you can get yourself almost in an imaginary state to feel what it would be like to be that person that you're envisioning being, you start to actually create that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I'm, I'm with you on like, that can feel really challenging for us when we're first encountering that idea. Right. And you guys have 
heard me say before, like there's nothing that compares to the power of an aligned decision. But sometimes when we're in the place of scarcity, we're in the place of struggle, or we're in the place of, you know, being in a toxic relationship, this idea that we can decide to be whoever we want to, to be can be really frustrating because you're like, fucking a if i could decide who i wanted to be i wouldn't be in this shitty situation you know what i mean and it yeah sometimes lead to the almost like blaming blaming yourself or blaming the victim or being like oh well if my life looks shitty right now then that means i'm in a low vibration and then that kind of compounds like the negative self-talk so Mm -hmm. i will say like echoing what you said like when you make this decision to decide to be the person that you want to be like maybe you're like okay Ashley Amelia like I want to be a millionaire and like real talk I don't know how that feels you know what I mean so how am I supposed to imagine myself in that we'll see if you can find a memory of a time that you felt really um that you felt really financially supported that you felt at the very least like financially secure even if for you at that time that meant you had a thousand dollars in your bank account but a thousand dollars was plenty for what you needed right think about a time that you were able to purchase something and it was like a really easy purchase or a time that you're like, Hey guys, like I'll pick up the tab and you knew that you really could. And you knew that it felt really good and that it felt really high vibe. Like take like the little baby piece of the big thing that you want to cultivate or the thing that feels maybe out of reach and like, see if you can find like the smallest version of that to hold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing. If you're like really stuck in like these negative thought patterns of fear or scarcity or anxiety or whatever, see if you can find the opposite of that emotion. So like fear, love, um, Mm -hmm. anxiety, faith, um, you know, and then like unhappiness or depression, joy, right? And then take that positive emotion and find something small that helps you connect with it. So connect with a memory of love, connect with a memory of, of faith or feeling really supported by the universe, connect with a memory of joy. And it doesn't matter if it's something as small as like, yeah, I felt really joyful the first time I was standing, you know, on the beach of the Pacific ocean when I made it to California. And maybe in that moment you didn't have any money or you didn't have things, but you had joy, like hold that memory and stay in it for three minutes. Three minutes, you can shift your entire electromagnetic field. So maybe it's a freaking cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for me, if I really want to cultivate joy, I can legit sit and think about a really good cup of coffee sitting on a porch somewhere where there's nature and like maybe especially fall leaves and like nothing to do. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my God, just talking about it right now. I'm so happy. Yeah. (laughs) Coffee's so amazing. So it doesn't have to be that you're actually able to envision yourself in maybe the biggest version of the life that you want to create. Cause sometimes that can like lead us into that cycle of failure, but like decide, like you said, you know, be content here, know that like Mm -hmm. here within you in this present moment, first of all, is actually all there is. And then Mm -hmm. two, like bring yourself, elevate your vibration by like actually recalling a memory or an experience of something that's going to like, that's going to get you into that higher Mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would love to piggyback off of that too. Like if you want to take it a step further, focusing out, when you focus out instead of like when you're focusing in on like whatever's coming up for you sometimes will bring you to that, that higher frequency and vibration and joyful state. So if you can, what that looks like is maybe you go and you buy a stranger a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just write a really nice quote unquote love note or, or like a positivity note and you leave it on somebody's windshield Mm -hmm. by doing that will elevate your vibration by just giving. I got chills and I'm like, I'm like, I got my post-its ready. (laughs) notes on every car in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just take a moment to make a difference in somebody else's day and like leaving a note costs nothing, right? Mm -hmm. If you have the little bit of extra, you know, cash to, to just give a random person a cup of coffee and just, you know, that, that might be maybe out of your comfort zone. If it is, I encourage you to go do it even more tomorrow morning when, you know, or this morning, depending upon when you are listening to this podcast, I encourage you to just buy a stranger a cup of coffee tag myself and Amelia in it. I want to know that you did it because I would love to hear how that made you feel. And then the reaction of the person that you just 
probably made their day. And it was just so little mm-hmm. for you taking the time to go do something like that. And that- if you guys want to make that fun, like super fun for yourself, maybe you're not comfortable like directly buying it for them. Like do what Ashley said, get a cute little note card or a cute little envelope, put $5 in it and a little love note in it and like hide it in the Starbucks bathroom, tape it to the inside of a stall and then just sit and watch and wait for the person who comes out of the stall with it. And like, you're going to feel so uplifted because you're going to see them being in the experience of feeling like they just received a miracle from the universe. You know what I mean? Even though it's small, like small, but it's, it's huge at the same time. Like it's just with that little bit of intention to, to create something positive in a total stranger's life that just will come back to you. So whatever you're going through, just remember like there's somebody else out there that maybe is probably having a worse day than you. So the gratitude and then just the giving will automatically help you feel better. I love that so much. So you, um, you have this emotionally abusive relationship. You were dealing with this period of your life where, um, you were shifting. Like you said, you used to be medicated for anxiety, right? Was that around the same time that you were dealing with that relationship or were those two different periods? They were two different periods. I would say I stepped into this relationship probably a year and a half later. Okay. So when maybe you- with maybe it was within the year. No, it was within the year. I had gotten off at the end of 2012 and I ended up in this in 2013. Mm-hmm. So what was the transition for you from living on the East coast, being a makeup artist, doing all that to like, now you live in San Diego, you still, I think do makeup here and there, but you also DJ and your main gig is your personal brand coach. Like you help people create a brand that's really aligned with who they are on the inside. And also I think help them become that person more on the outside, like helping that visual representation of themselves that affirms how the hell did you get from there to here? How did you get from the East coast to the West coast? How did you get from one really successful? I mean, you were doing it and as a makeup artist to another really successful, but like, what was that transition? Why did it happen? Take us on that journey. Sure. So, um, three years ago I was dating a guy and he lived in New Jersey and we were in a relationship for six months. And then all of a sudden he was like, yeah, um, you know, I just don't really feel like I've ever been in love and you're really amazing on paper. And, um, (laughs) I just, I just don't feel it. And I was like, what? Okay. So in that moment, I decided that there was no reason why I was staying in Long Island, New York for any other amount of time. Like, why was I living there? I, I was, I was not very happy. Um, because of the weather, like I, I, I'll blame the weather, but like also myself, but like I wasn't, I was very stagnant, right? I was doing makeup. I loved it. I was doing lash extensions, loved it, had basically a six figure business and was creating my own schedule, just pretty much the way that I do now, except that I love sunshine and palm trees and warm weather and like being outside. And I was finding that three quarters of the year I was inside and then the weather was affecting my activity. And I also knew that I wanted to create something else in the world to help people, but I didn't know what it was. I was studying coaches and mentors. And and ever since I started on that journey of self-love and really just understanding um, who I am and, and becoming myself even more and not giving a fuck what other people thought and really like owning that and embodying that and expressing that, I just decided that it would just be the best decision to move. And I kind of planned it out for a year and a half. I just knew I wanted to come to California. I had lived in LA twice in my early twenties um, and, and went back to New York. I just didn't love LA. So I ended up. Cause LA in- sucks. <laughs> no offense, all age dwellers. I'm sure you guys love it. This is not for me. Not for me. Um, the energy was very like heavy and toxic to me personally. So that was not where I wanted to end up. I knew that I wanted a sense of community, creativity, entrepreneurship, where I grew up and where I was living. Didn't really have a lot of that. If I wanted to go live in Brooklyn, I'm sure that there was more of it. But I experienced when I had dated this guy that I had just told you about, Asbury Park, New Jersey. And they had like a really good like little art 
artsy community type of thing, like where people were like, yeah, support local and like do this and small business. And that was like, I was like, oh, huh. Why don't we have this where I live? And I was just finding it very difficult. So when I made the decision to move to San Diego, I had done a lot of research on Southern California because I have two friends that live in Orange County and San Diego just ended up being the choice because I discovered that there were a lot of entrepreneurs and bloggers. And at the time I was just really working on my blog and, and influencing, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, I knew I wanted to have a podcast um, probably four years ago. I had the name and everything. I just never took action. I didn't know how to build an online business. I was, like I said, I was kind of on the sidelines watching people and I just didn't know how I was going to do it. So I moved here, thought that I had a job and it fell through. So I had saved a lot of money. I had credit and I was like, all right, like, let's do it. And I ended up not having that job, like I said, and started to freelance again, doing makeup, but it was not driving me enough. Like I could do it, but I didn't really want to rebuild being a makeup artist and doing lashes in California. Like I just knew I had a greater purpose. So it started the journey of, of what does online coaching for me look like? Like, I know I love personal development. I know I love helping people. I just want people not to feel anxiety or like understand how to manage it better. Cause, um, you know, we could, we could go into anxiety a little bit for a moment and just say, you can be diagnosed with it. You are not your anxiety, but you can acknowledge the fact that you feel anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I still, I still feel anxiety. I feel anxiety this week. Um, it comes in ebbs and flows. The difference between then and now is that I have tools and things that I know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it, that started the journey. I was like, how, how am I going to create something that I can help people do? What am I good at? And I just basically started and decided because honestly, I've been coaching for over a decade. All of my clients, lashes and makeup, I've supported them through some of the most stressful times. They've given me information that they've never told anybody else. And I've been able to coach them through it. So I almost already knew. And people always ask me like, oh, you're so good at at makeup and color and putting things together and visuals and and you have such a standout brand that I was like, oh, that's what I do. Because mm-hmm. I was helping people do it already, but I just didn't understand that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I had like this aha moment. So it, it all just kind of fell into place where I stepped into coaching people on how to build a personal brand and really just figure out who they are, who their identity is, because um, in a world of Instagram and social media, people need help with certain things in their life. And they're going to work with people who they feel connected to. So putting up a highlight reel of just like the things that are like shiny and bright and like, great, my life is great is cool. And also it's not raw and connecting. So having the leverage to share and be vulnerable and create something that sets you apart from other people is so powerful because the more you're able to connect with your ideal client and your audience and they feel like your best friend, the more you're going to convert clients and have sales. Mm -hmm. So also bring that into real life though. Like who you be on the internet is like who you actually are Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. That's super important. And there's like five things that I want to ask you about after all that. So I want to say like, and you just kind of answered it, but like, you know, for entrepreneurs, I'm going to kind of two part this question. Why does branding matter? And and you may need to also address what branding is because a lot of people think that branding is your logo mm-hmm. and like your color palette. And then that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't understand that branding is, is, is more than that. Branding is the experience that somebody has when they're connecting with you, which is exactly what you just yeah. said. But like, why when somebody's looking at all the ways that they're going to invest or like what coach they're going to get. Right. And they're, and they're thinking about branding, like 
if somebody's like, oh, that's not really that important because, you know, I got a website and it works and like I got my social media and it works and I'm laughing because like I know, I already know the answer to this question or what I think it is, but why does branding matter? And then yeah. if you can share, like what are some tips that you would give people who are aspiring to be an influencer or to, or to create a standout personal brand? Like what are maybe your just kind of top three things that, that do matter? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe more than a logo. <laughs> so first part, what I, I call it personal branding instead of just branding because people do associate branding with color and logo and they're like, Oh, I got my branding. And I'm like, yeah. And it's also about you. If you are the face of the brand, kind of like what I was saying before, branding yourself matters because you're going to create like that memory. It's almost like subliminal when you show up on your Instagram stories, when you show up in your feed and you're consistent and you have a cohesive Instagram feed and you see colors pop up, not just in a logo, but, but you've, you've filtered that into how you show up, how you dress, like different aesthetic of how you edit your photos, where you take your photos. It's powerful because people start to remember who you are and in life, they'll be like, oh, that reminds me of Ashley. Oh yeah, that reminds me of Ashley. And in Instagram stories too. So that's the whole point of, of building a personal brand that stands out is really that connection to your audience and they like you because they have related, relatability to you, mm -hmm. right? If I show my dog all the time, people who have a dog or love dogs are going to relate to that. It has zero to do with my business. It has to do with I'm a human being mm -hmm. and I have a dog and you probably like dogs too. So automatically you feel warm because I have an animal. Mm -hmm. People don't think about that normally. So it's all this underlying stuff of, of who you actually are as a person. What do you love? How do you add that into your brand um, and how you show up so that it connects to people? Mm -hmm. So you gave a couple of the tips in there, which is like allow yourself to be seen in kind of the fullness of your humanity or maybe mm -hmm. like behind the scenes. Um, if people were, if somebody is like, okay, like if there's an Instagram feed right now and you go and look at it and they got a bunch of pictures of like flowers and trees and like their kid and like their cat and whatever. And yeah. then like you look at their bio and it says like, I don't know, like consultant for Arbon, whatever they're doing network marketing. Yeah. What's the brand mistake there? Or like, what's the disconnect? Like in, in, in cause so many people are struggling with this. Like they're like, but I am yeah. showing my personal life. I got my kids and my, I like flowers and it's like, <laughs> but then it's not translating to right, right. the connection that they're looking for. So like, can you give uh, some insight into like, where does the connection actually happen? Yeah. I got pictures of my dog all over my feed and nobody wants to buy my, you know, <laughs> makeup. Why? Like, uh, I think I'm laughing because I see this all the time and, and people are confused by that. So this is a great question. Yeah. It's think about when you are on Instagram, it takes you two seconds when you land on somebody's Instagram feed to decide if they're going to follow you. Like who do you follow? Mm -hmm. Whose feed, like, do you, do you, are you drawn to start to think about these things when you're visually looking? Cause you know, Instagram is a visual app. Like mm -hmm. let's be real here. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about visuals again, you don't have to look like the perfect blogger feed, but if you're just sharing like little, like, here's your dog, here's your kid, here's some flowers I saw in a field. And it's kind of like, just thrown together. Like you didn't intentionally do it. You're just like, ah, I just put up this thing. And then maybe I write a sentence and it's like, there, I, I posted. It's like, that's, that's not going to transfer to people. It, they, people are, want to see you. Number one, they want to see you and, and you show up inviting. So smiling and laughing and, creating, you want to create a mood and a vibe and a tone on your feed that feels a certain way mm -hmm. that like, when you think about who you're talking to, whether you have a product, you're doing, you know, an MLM or you're doing, you're a coach or, you, you know, any one of those areas, 
you're creating a feeling for somebody to essentially buy mm-hmm. from you, work with you. So mm-hmm. if they are not feeling from you that via your visuals, they're probably not going to stay on your page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, thing for people to just consider is like, what is the feeling that you're curating? Like if you had to choose a primary how you want people to feel after they land there and also how you want to feel in the creative process of like putting it together. What is that? Right. And then check in like with yourself when you're posting, are you posting just a post or does your post have a point? Like, is it serving, is it serving something? Is it serving to educate, inspire, or create that connection right through that vulnerable storytelling? Absolutely. Um, And if you guys want more on that, like Ashley's your girl, like she has courses, she has coaching, like, and she also gives a shit ton of free value. So just go follow her and like, just pay attention, just observe, and you'll learn so much about what you can do. Oh yeah. Um, The other thing that I wanted to say before we take this to the book club and and start to wind things down is you mentioned that you have had a lifelong, um, uh, I don't want to say battle, but like experience with anxiety and that you have found tools that work for you. And you gave us a ton of amazing tools around practices to create happiness, everything from like checking in for energy vampires, practicing mirror talk, like, you know, giving, practicing gratitude and practicing giving for anxiety. Do you have a toolkit of like a couple simple practices, even just, you know, kind of three things that help you deal with it now that Xanax isn't your go-to answer. (laughs) Yes, I would be more than happy to share these with you. So one thing I do want to state is anxiety is a feeling that you have when you are not present. If you are in the past or you're in the future, that's when, and I say that like your, your mind is in the past or it's in the future. That's where you're thinking. You're not really here right now in this moment. That's when you are experiencing experiencing anxiety. So when you can understand that and start to say, am I present right now? That's, that's number one. So am I present right now? How, how am I able to get present right now? So you could list off three things that are not moving in the room that, that you're able just to see. Like right now I'm like plant, there's a lamp, there's my blue blocker glasses. And those things that are all stable. So that's one way. It might sound silly. Try it. Another thing to do is write down five things that you're grateful for. And another one would be to take a couple of deep breaths. And I, you guys can't see this because this is obviously a podcast, but I teach people, you take your hand and you take your pointer finger and your thumb, and then you go through your fingers And so you tap all four fingers to your thumb on each word. So you go, peace begins with me. And then you do it again. Peace begins with me. Peace begins with me. And when you're tapping your fingertips, you're distracting your mind and you're focusing on saying peace begins with me. And it calms you down. I like that. And then one more thing that I'll add, this is four, is... CBD really helps me a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely take CBD when I start to feel like the physical feeling of anxiety and it will just calm my system down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put CBD in my coffee every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it balances out the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's so cool. The piece begins with me. These um, fingers in Kundalini yoga, there's, you know, each finger well, in a lot of different traditions, each finger actually connects with a different planet um and and a different energy right so as we move through these like this is used in the sata nama meditation and a couple other meditations and it does actually really shift your vibration i mean one of the meditations is called kirtan kriya and it takes you through this exact movement of your fingers and it's um it's said to destroy imprintation on your subconscious like of old stories basically Mm -hmm. or anything that you've imprinted that's not necessarily serving you so i i like that for anyone who's maybe like i don't know about that weird kundalini stuff and weird words but like peace begins with me i can get down with that yeah thank you you're welcome um okay ash so 
I know that you have done a ton of personal development work and you help people through that right now. Um, I like to invite our guests to share uh, a book club choice. Is there any book that has really been super powerful for you um, in creating change in your life or creating more stoke in your life or just helping you get to where you are today? So is there any book that comes to mind that you're like, yeah, that one was a game changer for me? I'm trying to think of, I mean, I'm in the process or a podcast of podcast or something else. Like if it's not a book, I'm in the process of reading multiple books right now. This isn't like, per, well, it's personal development, I guess, but the book attached attachment theories about oh. like, if you're secure or anxious or, um, what's the other one I'm blanking out right now. That's all right. Attached. It's called and they, yeah. they don't have to be a personal development. Like it could be a novel even that you love, but like any book. Or- yeah. Attached is really powerful. It's in understanding your relationships with people. So it's if you are anxious. Um, maybe. What is it? Codependent. Insecure. Mm. I think it's insecure. It's, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of you that are like screaming at the podcast, like, you yeah. know it. Because we'll put- <laughs> <laughs> we'll somebody else is like, <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, you're either an anxious, secure, or, um, oh, avoidant. That's, that's it. There you go. So uh, that's a super powerful book to understanding who, how you show up in relationships and, and your tendencies as, as a human being. Things like that really make my brain go like, oh yeah, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, just as I hear you say that, I'm like avoidant, I'm avoidant. <laughs> Even though I like to think I confront things head on, I definitely have that like perfectionist in me where like, if something's not going to be perfect, I'll just procrastinate it and like avoid mm-hmm. doing it because what, if I can't be the best, then I'll just be the worst. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not helpful. Like, yeah. I'm working on overcoming that. I won't actually, I won't claim that or own that anymore. Um, okay. The last thing I want to ask you before I let you go is if, if we ran into each other in an elevator or on the street or in the line for the bathroom at a bar that neither of us would probably be in these days. <laughs> but if we, if we only had 30 seconds to a minute together and you are going to share something with me, some wisdom, a quote, something that would impact my life, or just, just maybe even just the most, um, the best advice you could give me in a short period of time, what would you Ooh. tell me? Ooh, I know. That's it's like so pressure's on. <laughs> What do you think are the best words of wisdom you have? I think, you know, I would initially ask you a question. Mm -hmm. I would say like, what, like, what's your vision? Mm -hmm. What, what do you want to cause and create in the world? And then I would listen to you for a minute and then I would say, okay, that's amazing. Everything that you need is inside you already. The magic it's there. So whatever it is that you want to go do, go do it. Choose now. Don't wait for tomorrow. We don't know if we have tomorrow. Just go fucking do it. You're worth it. You're enough. Take the risk. Take the bet on yourself because you might surprise yourself. Not might, you will. If you just commit to something and you actually do it and just believe in yourself and trust yourself. And I'd be like, I got this girl. Then I go jump cry in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think that, I think that starting with a question, that's the first time that somebody has said that. And I think that that's really beautiful because you can't give somebody advice or create impact in somebody else's life without knowing what their deep driving desire is and without knowing what their unique dream seed is, like what was planted in their heart. Um, so I love that you said that. So I know you guys have fallen in love with Ashley and I know you just want to hang out with her and you can, you can hang out with her on brunch for the universe podcast. You can hang out with her on the gram at Ashley Spadali. And if you want to find out more about her coaching, her courses, um, about how you can create a personal brand that reflects who you really are and attracts your ideal clients to you, you can go connect with her on the web as well, which is ashleyspedali.com. Yes? Yes. 
Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And um, if you find yourself in San Diego and you see some pink hair walking around, flag them down. It might be Ashley or it might be somebody else who just happens to have pink hair. Um, You never know. But she's super responsive and friendly on the social media. So go connect with her, make a new friend, um, and go learn from her. I know I've learned from her. I continue to stalk her social media and learn new things every day. And she also does a lot in the community. So um, so just connect. Is there anything else you want to share with everyone before we sign off? I mean, you're just just be you. Be you don't care what anybody else is going to think. I encourage you to get really uncomfortable and just do the thing that you've been thinking about doing right now. Yeah. So share this to stories, tag us and tell us what is the baby step that you're taking in the direction of your dreams? What is the one little way that you're going to get uncomfortable today or practice happiness or you know, do to work on your anxiety, share us. We want to share, share us. <laughs> Tag share us. us. We'll share it. We want to connect with you. We love you guys. Ashley, yes. thank you so much for taking the time to be here. You are a joy to be with and I am, I'm uplifted and I'm going to go put notes on all kinds of stuff. Good. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Okay. Bye Ashley. You. Bye Zeus. See bye. You guys and see you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. If you love this episode, if it impacted you in some way, please grab a screenshot and share it right now to Instagram stories, tag Stoked Yogi, hashtag Totally Stoked Podcast. Each week, we'll grab one listener who shared and send you some Stoked Yogi swag. Also, if you love the show, please subscribe, share it with a friend, or head over to iTunes right now and leave us an honest review. Your support and feedback make this show possible. If you have ideas about how we can improve, please send them to podcast at stokedyogi.com. Until next time, you guys, keep showing up, loving people, telling the truth, and remember, keep living your life totally stoked.